this is Dean Carnassus, the Ultra Marathon Man, and you are listening to the FitCast. Hello, and welcome to the KSALK and Fonz FitCast. How are you doing, partner? I'm doing awesome, except I just came from 85 degrees, and now it's like zero in Chicago. I saw, I saw you in Miami, Miami Beach, right? Miami Beach, bitches! Wow. It was so much fun. I got to run outside in shorts. Oh, very nice. I even at one point had to go just in a sports bra because I was complaining that it was so hot out. And no short. You took your shorts off because it was no, too hot? No, my shirt. Oh, okay. my <laughs> shorts. I'm like, that's one way to cool down, but I never heard of that one. All no, right, I did cool. not do hey, that. Hey, Miami Beach, right? Uh, hey, to I'm not that brave. Um, <laughs> but no, it was like, I was complaining about the heat in Miami Beach. We just went for a little weekend trip. Me and my boyfriend, my boyfriend's family. Um, it was so much fun. So did you, run, did you run on the boardwalk on Miami Beach? I ran on the boardwalk. Yeah, that's exactly where I ran. That is where, yeah, I, was- that is where I cut my teeth on my running career on that exact boardwalk. Wait, you cut your teeth literally? Well, not your... no, not literally, but I, I learned. I learned that, right? That's where I started my running career on that boardwalk, which was <laughs> phenomenal. Um, you know, I did not trip and fall and cut my teeth. <laughs> that's what you're talking about. There's like a generational thing between us, son. I started running. I started running uh, uh, when I was in Miami, and I was working on Miami Beach, so that was the place I ran. Well, yeah. How about it, that? It was fun. So it you had fun. a good vacation. You're back in Chicago now. I had an awesome vacation. I am sadly back in Chicago. Um, and I was very starkly um, introduced back into the cold. <laughs> it's like we zero, right? I know. We flew in at night, and in the morning, I decided, I was like, oh, I'm just going to divvy to the store. Like, just do a real quick divvy over there, just a couple blocks. And I got stuck in a snowbank. <laughs> That'll happen. <laughs> couldn't move. And cars were honking at me because I was like, I wasn't really in the middle of the road. I was in an okay place for a bike to be. But when the bike isn't moving, cars get really pissed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They get pissed and at all bikes. I literally had like cars passing me, people flipping me off. Uh, welcome to Chicago. <laughs> and you're stuck in a <laughs> snowbank on a bike. That yeah. is like literally insult to injury. Wow. That's oh, awful. But- <laughs> But uh, I'm sure you've been up to, to better things. Hey, how, you mentioned the beer mile last time. How did the beer mile go? Uh, the beer mile went awesome if you were competing against us. So, <laughs> All your competitors loved you guys. So, you, yeah, well, so it's the Flow Track Beer Mile World Championships. For those of you who don't know what a beer mile is, it's uh, you drink a beer, you run a quarter mile. You drink a beer, you run a quarter mile. You drink a beer, you run a quarter mile. You drink a beer, you run a quarter mile. I hope that was four. Four beers, four quarter miles. Yeah, so that's it. The World Championships were here, and it was fucking incredible. Like, we had a blast. Now, I'm not, I'm not tough enough. You know, I talk a big game on drinking, but I can't really slam beers. So I put a relay together. Our project, so four people. Four people, and um, yeah, we came in dead last in all the relays. Last oh, place. Oh no! How long did it take you guys? Uh, I do not know the time. I'm a little afraid to look at it online because I don't want to <laughs> see my personal time. But uh, yeah, we came in last place. It was super fun though. Like we saw the winner this year. The female winner finished in six minutes and seven seconds. Uh, she actually got disqualified. Like my time without drinking beer. <laughs> she got disqualified because she had a half ounce too much left in her combined oh, four no. beers. I know. She wasn't finishing them. I'm sure that was not purposeful. 
Yeah, I don't know. She she in her interview she said no. The winner of the mail finished the beer mile with four beers in four forty seven, I believe it was. Holy shit. So yeah, that's pretty yeah, fucking four fast. Beers? Okay, I can't run a mile that fast. I can't even drink like one beer that fast. Yeah, exactly. So uh but we had a blast. It was a great time. Like it was a three hour event. They had a bunch of heats and they had mascots running and they had the relays and they had the amateurs. Elvira is just short of eighty three years old and she finished in twenty one minutes. <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome. So uh that she was super fun. Beers too. Yeah. No, but it was a great time. Like it was a it was a phenomenal day down at uh the Austin Statesman parking lot, the World Championships. It was live cast. So if you go to flowtrack.com and look for simulcast or live live cast of it, uh, you'll see how pathetic it was. I got made fun of, I believe, and I can't tell who he was talking about, but uh, the announcer, while I was drinking, said, oh, that guy's having a tough time. It looks like he's just having a couple sips of beer on a Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they said that about you? Yes, I believe so. I, I couldn't tell who he was talking about because it all went so quick, but I was there drinking, and I was exactly having that difficulty. Oh, no. Fun. So, but it was fun. You it looked was, happy in your photos. Oh, you looked for laughing. It was a great time. My back was a little sore, which slowed me down running, but that was nothing compared to the, the, the drinking problems I was having. But it was a great time. Uh, but yeah, You're it was drinking problems, Fonz. I could have told you that. It was 78 degrees. It was a gorgeous day. We sat out in the sunshine, drank beer. Our dog Harley was there. We ran around the track. People were drinking beer. Everyone was having a good time. It was, it was amazing. So, so yeah. So then uh, overnight, it dropped 50 degrees after that. Literally 50 degrees. Like I, it was 76, 78, and then the next morning you woke up. It was 26. The low was 24 today. Today it was 24? Yeah, today it was 24. Then it, it yeah. popped up to the mid-50s. But, yeah, we had our little cold stretch. That uh, that cold weather that hit you hit us, too. It's just that we're still 30 degrees warmer than this. Why I hate you. So, yeah, we had we had celebrities and professional athletes here doing the beer mile. It was great. They put together some uh, – after the event ended, they put together, like, all the top professionals – uh, in the beer mile together, and the Canada versus wait, 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 wait. Professionals in the beer mile, not yeah. like professional athletes, like professional beer milers. There are professional beer milers, so <laughs> they're like sponsored and stuff, like for the beer mile. They what are... are they sponsored by? Running shoes or beer or uh, both? <laughs> could be both. I don't know, but they were top pros. So after the event ended, uh, a Canadian guy won, but the U.S. runners were like, you know what? I think as a t- as a overall champion, congratulations, but we're a better team. So they put together a relay after the whole event ended, the Canadians versus the U S versus the top four women versus the all Austin team. And, uh, the Canadians won. Oh, blame Canada. So Canada won. The women came in third. The all Austin team came in last, even though they're still fast as fuck, but, um, yeah, they were just done racing and they finished their beers. They're like, you know what? Let's let's do some more. <laughs> oh my god! So Wait, yeah, so it was this, oh, I just got it. It was the same day, and they drank more beer. Yeah, it was just it was immediately after the whole event ended. They're like, you know what? Let's let's do this. So it was fun. So that's this, like saying, oh, you just finished your half Ironman, Kristen. Do you want to go run another? Exactly. Do you want to race a ten k? Exactly. Except it was only four hundred meters and one more beer. So that would be fine. But yeah, it was great. I was completely surrounded by world-class top athletes 
um, wow. for most of the day. Uh, no kayaking for you lately? Just beer miling? I did, a, I did a sunrise. I did a sunrise kayak last week. So it, oh, wow. our, our lake here is really warm, or river, whatever you decide to call it. Listen to former podcasts to listen to the difference between a lake and a river. But, um, yeah, it was uh, – we did a sunrise kayak. There was uh, – a little, a few clouds, but it came out okay. And uh, you know, it's, it's good to wake up at six thirty in the morning and go on, get on, go paddling in the morning and see the sunrise over the over the steamy lake. So you don't really have to be that weatherproof down there, even though it got down to the twenties. I mean, we we would really appreciate that in Chicago right now. It's all it's all relative. Like people down here think twenty six, you need to be super weatherproof to go out and work out in twenty six degree weather. So. Six is fine. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I mean, you need gloves and a hat and pants. Yeah, exactly. So like, that's about it. I did a taco run this morning. I ran four and a half miles, and they gave us at six a.m. And by six fifty, we were all eating tacos. So that's that was a good morning. I hate your life sometimes. <laughs> so, <laughs> I hate your life. It's like four inches of snow here in Chicago. It got below. It got like ten below zero over the weekend. <laughs> Um, we have to be super weatherproof. In fact, speaking of weatherproof, yes, our guest today yeah. is the ultimate. Like he's like Mister Weatherproof. Mister, all right. Yeah. Um, in fact, he came to my recording studio. He biked here, and it was in the snow in Chicago. It, what's it, what's the it, temperature it, there? Inches of snow. I don't know. It's like fifteen. I don't know. Oh, that's balmy. I'm so excited to have him. Let me talk about him. Let me talk about him. All right, who do we got? <laughs> So today, sitting next to me, live in the flesh, is Chris Mosier. The celebrity Chris Mosier? The celebrity Chris Mosier! Ah! Awesome. We are so excited to have him. All right. Welcome, Chris. Welcome. Thank you. It's nice that you get to sleep in and still do a sunrise ride uh, kayak. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> that, that's very Not true. Not only is he weatherproof, he runs on, I don't know, very little sleep. Or maybe he just goes to bed early. He wakes up very early. Let me give you guys an introduction to how I met Chris. Yeah, and who is Chris? Tell, tell our listeners. Not yeah. all of them so, probably know well, Chris. I mean, if you haven't heard of Chris, you've obviously been living under a rock or yeah, something. Yeah, get the fuck out of your rock. <laughs> get out of your rock and let me tell you about Chris. Chris is the first trans athlete on the, the on Team USA, on the U.S. men's national team. Um, his first sport was duathlon, but now I hear a little birdie told me that you're on Team USA for try, too. A multi, he's a multi multi sport athlete. Awesome. Boom. <laughs> but yeah, first trans athlete. I mean, that's huge. Like he's a fucking pioneer, and yeah. everybody should know who he is. But let me tell you how I met him because this is my favorite story. All right. So he was really involved in November Project New York because he used to live in New York, and they wrote an article on him, and you know, like boring first trans athlete on the men's national team, boring, boring, boring. <laughs> NPNYC, boring, boring, boring. Um, but I'm reading, and I'm joking, people. I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's going to, like, kill. Chris is going to kill me. Um, but so I read this article, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And he's involved in the November Project. And um, I knew that he was doing some work in Chicago, and I was hoping that he would show up to one of our um, November Project Chicago workouts. And he did. He shows up. And I have... I don't know. I have like no filter and no shame. So I just walk up to him, give him a big hug. And I'm like, hi, Chris, my name is Kristen K. Self. And I super stalk you on Facebook. 
I, it was, it was, it, this is our one year anniversary, actually. Is oh, it? awesome. Yeah, oh. Just, we're going to hold hands the rest of the time we record, actually. <laughs> Um, yeah, because it was the it was the workout around Christmas time last yeah, year. Yeah, it was. The Twelve days of Christmas. It was, and it wasn't snowing and, yet. And it was so awesome because you were actually the first person to ever come up to me and, and like admit openly that you super stalked me. <laughs> we're like, I well, I started following him on Facebook. I started following him on Instagram, and I just said no shame. I was like, dude, I like totally stalk you on Facebook. And let I, me let me time out here. Was this on a Wednesday workout? A, this is a Wednesday workout. I was there. Oh, you did. You met fun. Well, guess what? You didn't tell Chris that you stalk him. But you might have been dressed as Santa. Uh, that would have been Chris Clark, probably. Yeah. I was just in town. I just got in town. I, <laughs> I loved that workout last year. It was on the was that the one on the tennis courts? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I was there. Oh, damn, Chris. Sorry, I didn't meet you, man. I wasn't a super stalker like my, my podcast <laughs> partner. You, you were. You got to get ahead of the game and stalk him before you meet him. Um, but no, I literally said that, and he didn't go running. In fact, we stayed in contact since then, um, and which I think is awesome. And I don't even need to, to. I have no shame telling you that I look up to you, and you're one of my idols. And That's so cool. there we go. That just came out of my mouth. Oh, fantastic. Um. But so, the lady, congrats on your second national team. Third national. Third national team. So I made the sprint duathlon national team in June 2015. Okay. I competed in the world championship uh, in June of this year, 2016, and then in May of this year, May 2016, I made the long course. Long course duathlon. duathlon That's team. right. And then I just made the tri team in November. Oh so what are the distances on the sprint and the long course duathlon? So sprint duathlon, it, you know, it's really interesting. I really like the long races, but there's something really fun about redlining and just going super fast for just a short mm -hmm. amount of time, which both of them are kind of vomit-inducing in different ways. Um, <laughs> not like the beer mile. But trust me, not like the beer mile. <laughs> you, know, you know You couldn't pay me to do a beer mile. There's absolutely no way. Uh, now there's a second thing on my list of things that I won't do, and beer mile would be number two. <laughs> oh, that would be number one. So anyhow. Karaoke, karaoke, come on! <laughs> you would do, would you do the beer mile before you do karaoke? No, I wouldn't do, I would do. You wouldn't no. do either? No. That sounds like a hell of a fun Saturday uh, to me. We'll see. <laughs> wow. Okay, okay well, so, everybody fun, has their own day. Fun fact, that's what I say when people are like, is there anything you don't do? And I go, yeah, karaoke. <laughs> but, but you really won't do it. Yeah, I really won't do it. Oh, man. That's fair, that's fair. Um, so, back to your distance question. Yeah. <laughs> um, the sprint duathlon was a 5K run, 14-mile bike, one-and-a-half-mile run. And Ooh, man, that last half-mile-and-a-half has to be just lung-destroying. All your steam. Yeah, it? yeah, it's, it's fast. Um, it's very fast. Uh, sprint, the sprint, du uh, sorry, sprint triathlon, uh, the standard sprint distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the long course duathlon, I think, is the most surprising one. When I qualified in North Carolina in May... Uh, the U.S. national race was a five-mile run, 31-mile bike, five-mile run. Okay. And I had been training for the sprint distance, so this was kind of just a for-fun race for me. And uh, it was pretty good. When so, I saw to sign up for the world championship, the distance is not, the, is not equal. And so my 531.5 qualifier, when I do the world championship in Switzerland next year, it's going to be a 10K run. 93 mile bike, oh. 18 mile run. So 
So talk about long course. They 18 really mile run oh, at the end. Long ass yes. course. Yes. Oh my God. So how are you training so, for that coming off of all these sprint races? Like that is not a sprint race. That is not a sprint race. So my <clears> sprint, my sprint races will be earlier in the season. Um, I've got a couple of tries early in the season and then the world championship for this is in September. And then I'm going to do Ironman Arizona afterwards because I figure I'll be you so are. well trained for long distances that I might as well make Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. So one of my friends just did Arizona. I should hook you up with her. Yeah. So Julie, I'm going to tag you in this um, podcast. You guys should chat. It's a great course. Awesome. I'm excited. A great course, but there's some tricks. She'll tell you about them. Great. Dude, that's amazing. Yeah. So you're going, you're literally going from, okay, you qualified Team USA in two sprint races. Yep. <clears throat> you're going to just do an Ironman. Yeah. And yeah. you're on the, on the way, you just, you know, happen to qualify for this race. A casual. Casual <laughs> stroll in the park. He qualifies for Team USA, folks. I should probably explain, because I know there are people, and I know you're sick of explaining the difference between duathlon and triathlon. Duathlon is run, bike, run. Triathlon is swim, bike, run. So you had to be in the pool a lot to do this tri thing. I actually have not been in the pool, had not been in the pool much before that, and I'm just starting to get back in the pool, so I would... Yeah, you, you'll want to listen to our previous podcast to learn about how to keep your goggles from fogging up. Oh, excellent. <laughs> I just stick my tongue in it. Is it a yes! Different... <laughs> no, you have my yeah. with me! I, that's, that's my... Yes! Just, just stick my tongue in both goggles. If that's... you want to know the science behind why <laughs> yeah. that works. I mean... Yeah. It, we had a scientist on our episode oh, talking right. about why that actually I works. Awesome. Applying a hydrophilic surfactant is is one of the uh, one of the key elements, which is exactly what you're doing by what you call sticking your tongue. <laughs> that's in. exactly what it is. That's great. Yeah. So I just I, I really dislike swimming, to be totally honest. Really, your Instagram seems to say otherwise. My well, it's the it's the only way that I can post shirtless selfies without feeling super self. <laughs> Oh, well, so. we like the shirtless selfies. <laughs> Keep them coming. Yeah, for, for our listeners who haven't seen the, the, the shirtless selfies of, of uh, Chris, you, you'll want to see them. It's, he's got the freaking rockin' bod. And the, the shirtless selfies are actually with more clothes on than I was earlier this year in <laughs> ESPN magazine. So once you pose naked yeah. once, you actually, everything else kind of goes. We should, link, <laughs> we should link to the naked ESPN. Because yeah, they, that's all it's got to happen. I, I haven't seen that, but holy that crap, was, yeah. Amazing. And like everybody in there is good too, but Chris, yeah. you can I, pick him out. Rock I, hard Bob, man. I feel like we should maybe explain this. Like, not everybody probably knows what this is, and I'm just talking about posing. You're just naked. talking about being naked. He's yeah. naked right now, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> in studio after eating tacos. I'm just kidding. Just sitting here flexing. Um, so, I was in ESPN, the body issue. Um, I was the first trans athlete to be um, in, featured in that magazine. Yeah. It comes out every. Um, July or August, and they select between 15 and 20 athletes to uh, pose naked in taste, tasteful, uh, but they're naked, amazing, totally naked, but they're naked. Yeah. So, <laughs> totally. But they were, they were very tasteful and yeah. very fun. It was it a fun shoot to do? It was a lot of fun, and actually, I would say anybody who knows me would say I cannot believe you actually did that, and I think that I wouldn't have done it two years ago. Last year, I probably wouldn't have considered doing it, but for whatever reason, I really felt motivated to do it this year. And, really? Um, and it was an awesome experience. Like, yeah. fuck it, let's do this. Awesome. That was exactly what I was like. It was, <laughs> it was just like, um, I have worked so hard to become proud of my body and the, and the skin that I'm in and be confident in it. And I've just kind of felt like, 
how cool would it be for other trans people to see me do that and just be like, whoa, like, wow. And I was already working out really hard for the championship, so I knew I'd be in good shape for it. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to have any, like, flab coming off the side. God, I couldn't even imagine you having any flab during the offseason. But that's amazing. And that's so cool that you were featured as a trans athlete, that, that you had that kind of platform, because I know it's important mm-hmm. to you yeah. to to be out and have a platform and be a role model. So that's awesome that that's a way that you were able to do that. We'll talk more about that. Okay. But I know that, and I, I follow you on Instagram, you love posting about your workouts, especially your swim workouts. But <laughs> you, one thing that you always say is you say no off days, no bad days. Yeah, no days off, no bad yep. days. Yep. So what, is, what does that mean in terms of your training? So no days off is basically, I'm not advocating for people not to take rest days because rest and recovery is super important. And I think a lot of people in my communities, in both triathlon as type A personalities, uh, runners who feel like they need to compare themselves to other runners, uh, you know, oh, they're doing more than me or their mileage is higher. And then, you know, even in some of the groups I'm in where people say race everything, I, I'm, not, I'm not a believer in that. You know, I think that it's really important that we listen to our bodies and take recovery days. But no days off means that even on those days that I don't have a workout, I'm still doing something to work towards my goals. And so whether that's mobility work and foam rolling and uh, if it's visualization, if it's thinking about logistics of my race mm-hmm. or uh, doing some sort of reading about becoming a better athlete, like, there's no days off for me to work to achieve my goals. And then no bad days, I think, is like just um, – I'm, I'm really happy with how far I've come in my athletic progress and my progress as a person. And so I think I've had this perspective shift to say, you know, it's really just in how you look at things. You and I can both wake up and you can be like, oh, it's so cold outside. I have to go to the train and my feet are going to get wet and, you know, just complain. and I'm going to bump into people and the L's going to be stinky, you know. <laughs> And then it's like it's like you're reading my diary. I, <laughs> I was watching you this morning. No, um, so and no, but but and then it, it's a different situation if you wake up and say, "Wow, like what a beautiful day! It looks crisp and, and clear outside." And um, I really, you know, like how the snow falls on the ground and just take take notice of you know even the gross uh, muddy side of the road. Like you can find beauty. The in one that I got stuck in. Yes, it, you know bank. that just gave me a moment of reflection. <laughs> Snowbank that my divvy got totally, <laughs> totally uh, trapped in. But I think it's all about perspective, and and he, I had this um, this amazing fortune that I had up in my office for a very long time that I got from uh, in an Indian food place that said each of us has the most magical ability to completely change our experience simply by altering our perception, and so if. If I take a minute to go, all right, really, like, is this a first world problem? Are these champagne complaints that I'm experiencing right now? You know, like, is is this really an issue? Is this going to matter in a day? Is it going to matter in an hour? I mean, I think that that helps me put things in perspective. That's really good advice. Yeah. That's really great advice. Yeah. Perspective is a huge part of your training. I mean, it really is. It mm-hmm. really is. And especially... You know, you're getting into these longer distances. What are you doing to, to train your mind? Yeah, I, I love long distances. I've done three Ironman races, um, and I really enjoy the training more than I like the racing. To be really? Honest. Yeah, I just, I love the process. And so all, all the process of, of getting better, the process of seeing growth and change, um, you know, 
process of just putting in hours. I think I can get my best thinking done when I'm training. Mm. I don't mm-hmm. listen to music. Mm. I don't watch TV. That's interesting. A lot of pro athletes say that they don't use music to train, which I think is really interesting. You know what? I'm on board with that because I know a few of my half Ironmans, um, leading up to the day of, I'm like, I'm super glad I, I signed up for this race and... It's kind of hot. I don't think I need to do it, <laughs> you know. And I would still probably do it or bail out if if the race wasn't going well. But I'd still be happy with the fact that you know over the last three months I kicked my ass to get ready for this race, and the race is just five hours of hell. So I'm okay. I'm okay not doing it, skipping that part of it, and the 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 training and the discipline beforehand was the, was the important part. Yeah, and I think that's also, you know, it about perspective, too, is, like, if it sucks to work out, right. if all your workouts are a grind and you hate having to wake up early in the morning to do it, you're not going to enjoy the process. Mm-hmm. And I think that the outcome, like, your end result, if it's to get to that half Ironman, you're not going to enjoy that day either. And so I think that's the perspective thing that's really super important. So here's a quote from some sort of, it was a heart, heart-healthy type thing. It said, running does not running increases your lifespan but not necessarily more than the time you spend running so you might as well enjoy it does that mean like you, you will add years onto your life but you're going to spend those extra years running exactly that no that's exactly <laughs> what it is like you might as well enjoy it that's, so you might as well enjoy it and if you don't then there's no point to doing it because you're just increasing the shitty time of your life between 90 and 91 and <laughs> wasting hours a day well, running if you hate it. But I, I actually enjoy it. Like, you don't enjoy it because do you enjoy it 100% every second of your workouts? No, well, no. no. Oh, yeah, let's be clear. There of are okay. parts of my workouts that suck. That horrible. suck, like, but you just... I enjoy the bigger picture of it. Oh, like, okay. I know. I can go and bust my ass in intervals and feel like I want to fall over and pass out. But I know that I will be happy that I did that mm-hmm. at the end of the workout, okay. right? So it's not, I'm not in a state of bliss every, every <laughs> moment of my training. You know, I think there are even times when, like, even in races, um, this year was the first year that I had a didn't, uh, did not start. Mm-hmm. And I bailed before a race even started. Um, and there were a lot of factors to it, but I just realized that I was you know, overcommitted. I had pushed myself too hard, and I, I hit that point of saturation in my season, and I pulled out. And then it's like I'm, I'm just not doing it because I kind of I kind of have this mindset: if it's not fun, I don't want to do it. Yeah. But if I'm not going to enjoy it, if I'm if I don't want to feel like I'm doing this against my will. Yeah. Yeah, and and the race itself is only a couple hours, so. Unless you're doing the the long course duathlon, right. then I'd be out there for the rest of my life. That sounds like more than a couple hours. So. Oh well, that that's great advice we're hearing here from our guests. Yeah, now on when we're talking about you know no days off, on every day, and I'm sure nutrition is something that you focus on. It's something that we talk about on the Fitcast a lot. Mm-hmm. So what like what is your nutrition kind of regimen? So I'm vegetarian. And that, I think, influences a lot of the way mm. that I eat. Um, my wife actually just started on the AIP diet, which oh, is the autoimmune protocol. And mm. it's basically like paleo plus. Oh. And so we, it's good that we're not uh, in the same place right now because there's no way we would, we, we would not have to, we'd have to have a separate meal times. Right? Yeah. Because it's, she's eating just meat. Oh my God. <laughs> basically just meat and a few vegetables. And 
I am, uh, I've been a vegetarian for 19 years. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So it's, I don't even think about it now. No. So. Wait, you look super young. How old are you, Chris? <laughs> Should we make you guess? <laughs> yeah, guess, 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 guess again. Go fun. I was going to guess mid 20s, but you're not going to vegetarian when you're six. What if I was? Maybe That's he still, was. Um, I am 36 years old. 36 years old and f- fit as fuck. Thanks to your age because yes. everything you do is published. Yeah. <laughs> as, a, as an avid stalker, I know exactly. As an avid stalker, <laughs> as a hospital he was born at. I'm, 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 fail, I'm a failure at a stalker, I guess, in this, in this sense. But anyhow, so you and your wife have to eat separate time. Yeah, so I'm... Uh, so I'm vegetarian, and I don't like processed foods very much. I think the worst thing that I had in my house this week, which is now all gone, was cereal. And that was kind of... Oh, <laughs> cereal. And probably so, not like Cap'n Crunch, probably no, like Chex. Special K. Special K is like the healthiest cereal. Special K is okay. All um, right. Okay, so Chris will not be hosting our next party. No, seriously. <laughs> I would say, since I moved to Chicago, actually, I have been sort of like a monk. I mean, my... Because I didn't have the, the, not junk food, but you know that food that you go to when you're hungry and you don't want to make anything? Like that, just oh, ready yeah. to eat, like garbage food. Oh, yeah. I haven't had that in my house. And so I have been uh, very, uh, quote unquote, good, I guess. Um, but my uh, my kryptonite Uh-oh. is round Yeah. Round food, like donuts? Said, yeah, so I said when I when I did the ESPN body issue, they were like, did you have any special <clears throat> regimen of your diet? And I, I was training, so I didn't have to change anything up too much, but I, I was like, I didn't eat round foods. And they were like, what are you talking about? Like pizza and crepes, sticky beans and donuts um, and cookies. Oh my God. Like I can, I can beast an entire pizza. Oh yeah, I'm without, sure you can. Without problem. You're training so, for your long But I shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, so so those are my go-to. Okay, let me just throw it out there for our listeners. If anybody's looking for something to give up for Lent this year, round <laughs> foods. <laughs> I want you to email us if you're going to give up round foods for Lent. Just, just round that. shape things. Yeah, <laughs> KSELFONSFITCAST. At gmail.com. Gmail. Email us if you're giving up round foods. Can, can you make that pizza square, please? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I would, I would like my pizza. Call, call like Giordano's. I would like my pizza cut up into squares because I listen to the FitCast. <laughs> that, I mean, Chicago, Chicago pizza Lake. is square, so yeah. I don't know. You can do with that what you want. <laughs> that's fair. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's so funny. Fonz, do you want to do the next question? Uh, yeah, so let's let's get into some of the transgender questions because that's what our listeners are here tuned in for. Uh, and before we get into those, I was I was tuned in to hear about the round foods. I'm ready to leave. <laughs> well, we're all learning different stuff. So before we get into the real substantive questions, I'm sure when you're at cocktail parties or events, I know you're probably not drinking a lot of cocktails because you're fit as fuck. And you cocktails, if they're in a round glass, no. <laughs> Not only in like a square mason jar. A, a vodka, vodka martini in a square glass, please. Um, you get, you get, you have your list of top two, three, four, five questions that are super annoying to you, and you get them all the time. Uh, what are they? And answer them in thirty seconds, so we can get on to the real questions. Don't time him. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, so yeah, do thirty seconds. Just you know, a sentence or two on on the the transgender questions that you get. 
Just get them out of the way. Okay, here we go. So the first question that's super annoying that people ask me is when people are like, what are some of the questions that you have people ask you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cut off. Fitcast is over. We'll see you next month. Thanks for having me. See you later. Bye. <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. So I think um, uh, people often ask questions about my body, which are super inappropriate, and people would not ask any other person in the world, um, mostly having to do with surgery. Um, sometimes people do the little air quotes and say, have you had the surgery? And basically they're asking about, you know, have you had lower surgery? Um, and so you know, that's something that people should never ask a trans person. You wouldn't walk up to anybody else that you know and ask them what's in their pants. Uh, my response to that question is, are you hitting on me? Because if you're not hitting on me, bust out your wedding ring and be like, uh, <laughs> how, how is it relevant? Right. <laughs> there's actually no reason for you to ask that. Um, similar to that, people sometimes ask me who I sleep with uh, because they think that gender identity and sexual mm -hmm. orientation are closely linked. Uh, every trans person has a sexual orientation and, and they can be straight, uh, gay, bi, poly, pan, whatever, um, however they identify themselves. It's no different than the general public. Absolutely, because trans people are part of the general public. Exactly, exactly. There you have it. Um, and I think, just, just to put it out there, things that I always say is that my story is just my story. There's not just one way to be transgender. And so for uh, trans men there are, and trans women, there are many different ways the transition can look depending on the person. And so some people make a social transition, which would just be changing name and pronouns, maybe changing hairstyle, their appearance, how they dress, um, and not doing anything else. Some people do a uh, medical transition, which would be taking hormones, so cross-hormone therapy. For me as a transgender man, I take testosterone, um, and so that would be a medical transition. And then some people choose to have surgery, and many, many people do not have surgery. Um, surgeries are very expensive. They're not well, um, like, well worked out for, for folks. Like, the science behind it is not great for every right. type of procedure person. And a lot of people just don't want to modify their bodies in that way. A lot of people are okay with their bodies, just don't feel like the other parts align. And so, you know, there's not just one way to be a transgender person. And I think that's super important. The other thing, final thing I'll say is that when you are talking about transgender people, you should say trans, well, transgender is an adjective, right? And so it's not a transgender or a trans. It is a transgender person, a trans Right? So you, it's not a standalone word. Um, it's not like, um, I'm a man, she's a woman, you're a trans. <laughs> that's, not the way that we, that's not the way that word works. Awkward. Um, it's too, super awkward, especially when family members say it. And then also, <laughs> um, never use ED on the end of the word transgender. So it's the word transgender. God, it's not a process. Right? So no, it's, that's it's, a good one. It's not a past tense thing. Um, so it is uh, just say that I am transgender. I'm not transgendered. Got it. All go. right. All right. They're out. Gone. Done. Thank you. Chris. Done. Thank you. Thanks for being play. open and honest. There. Now let's talk about some real, uh, it's in your pants. <laughs> stuff. We don't, <laughs> yeah. If you care what's in my pants, Unless it's your du USA team duathlon medal. <laughs> then we care. That would be so awkward to carry that around. <laughs> <laughs> but if you did carry it, then when people ask, you can say this. <laughs> this is so amazing. 
if I'm going to a place where I know people are going to ask that question, I should just stick something You should super stick something there. weird in your pants. Yeah, what are your pants? Uh, I've got a, a medal here from a race I won. <laughs> just a stuffed monkey. <laughs> what? That would be great. Here's a snowball, a stuffed monkey, a couple paper clips. <laughs> please do that please do that and like video it oh Oh, my god that's amazing that would be amazing (laughs) okay moving on not stuffed monkeys in chris's pants real stuff real stuff let's talk um okay so something that i saw from you that was just amazing besides the espn naked magazine which was awesome. I like, didn't see that. I need to see that, but uh, well, we're going to post it on our page. <laughs> okay. Um, is the commercial that you did for Nike and it is just so powerful. Um, what was that like making that video? We're going to play a clip of it soon, but just tell us what, I mean, what was going through your mind when you were filming this and with the concept and everything, just to say everything. And, uh, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. I want to, I want to pipe in here as you're answering. Uh, Kelly Rice, my girlfriend, uh, as our podcast listeners know, watched the commercial this week and started crying because she was in such awe of of the fact that Nike did it and the, how amazing you are. So, oh, that's amazing! I, you know, I was also in awe of the fact that Nike did it. But I, I will say, I think I, you know, work. I tried to work my relationship to get to a point where. Um, sporting company would get behind me and so i think i built up to this for a very long time but i was so thrilled to get the call from nike and to i think one of the best things about this is that i got to work on the script with the advertising agency and so this is very much my story and i think when when it came out it it was so well received it already has won awards this year Um, i just posted one today on my facebook page i think it will win a lot more awards because it was so groundbreaking of them to do it particularly for it to air prime time in the olympics yeah so incredible um to film it my first day of filming it was the day the body issue came out so talk about a major oh my god it was the day that my naked magazine article came out and was posted and so i was filming this and also in the back of my mind thinking like is the world exploding with comments about me like you know, that, and I, I couldn't read any of them, couldn't see any of them. I was offline for they were 18 pretty hours. They I were pretty that. positive. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was just like such an amazing day because at the end of that first day, um, Nike and the ad agency had a, they did a little toast for me because they, because of the magazine release okay. and because of this. And I had this moment of just saying like, everything in my life that I've ever dreamt of is coming true right now. Like this year has just been so incredible to have the opportunity to, you know, when I was a kid, I always wanted to be in Nike. I would, you know, shoot basketball hoops and shoot shoot the hoops in my driveway. You know, thinking that I was in the Nike commercial. And, you know, I think at one point I wanted to get a Nike tattoo, and my mom was like, "Yo, <laughs> you actually probably <laughs> do that here." Now you can. <laughs> now you can. Now I can. Um, but I think you know, for me to, the moment of of this was like, just to be like. I wish that I would have seen a commercial like this when I was a kid. It probably would have helped me so, so much. And know, to know that this was reaching so many people, mm-hmm. um, the messages that I got afterwards, just incredible from, from kids who are 8, 10, 13, you know, parents of those kids also saying, it's so cool for my kid to have somebody to look to and say, I'm totally normal. And 
and I'm represented on TV and I can do anything I want to do. It's just so amazing. And I think to see it now is still super surreal. Really cool. you're, yeah, you're, I mean, we have it. We have it up on the screen, and it's like, yeah, that's yeah. Let's let's play it. Let's play a clip, and then we can talk a little more about it. All right, let's play it. This is Chris Mosier. Morning, Chris. Morning. Chris is the first transgender athlete to make the men's national team. Are you playing? Hey, Chris, it? how'd you know you'd be fast enough to compete against men? I didn't. You were strong enough. I didn't. Yeah, but how'd you know the team would accept you? I didn't. Or that you'd even be allowed to compete. I didn't. That must have been tough. Didn't you ever just want to give up? Yeah, but I didn't. So my hair actually always looks that good when I race. I, I was just <laughs> looking at it. I'm like, he's got like the little comb over. And we're going to post it for sure. Super funny. So how many like takes of that running did you have to do? Did you get you got a workout for the day? Absolutely. I um, so we filmed it in New York City. We started the first day at three thirty in the morning, and I think we shot until six at night. Oh my god! And on the second day. Oh, and second, second day. day we did another twelve hour shoot, um, and I ran a lot. <laughs> I ran a lot, um, and I must have said I didn't a thousand times in a thousand different. It was really funny. I actually we, noticed the like different inflection in your voice. Like one was a little higher, one was a little lower. Yeah. <laughs> Did they like train you how to say that I didn't? No, no, no. I mean, it was just, I tried, like, I was just, they would read the question to me, but not the narrator. So it would be someone on set being like, hey, uh, what do you think about them? You know, <laughs> are they going to accept you? And it wasn't the exact wording even. So I would just try to play it off, but I'm not an actor at all. Um, I wouldn't so. know for that. <laughs> so, uh, I just kept trying it, and it was really funny because it was kind of like, I I didn't really watch Seinfeld. I just remember there's this one clip about these pretzels are making me thirsty. See, that's no good. You don't know how to act. Ah, these pretzels are making me thirsty. I don't know if you're familiar. I'm not. It's maybe you could find. Fonz, do you know that one? You are not familiar. Insert clip from Seinfeld here. But you know what I'm talking about, Fonz? Oh, of course. Oh, so it was it, it was just, it's Jerry. It's like everybody's saying different inflections of the same phrase and showing how it's different. And so the director would go, no, I want you to say it like, I didn't. And I, and I would say that. And he's like, no, no, I want you to say it like this. And I was like, I didn't say it. <laughs> I just said that. I just <laughs> like, said that. Like, I, I couldn't understand the difference between what he was saying and what I was saying. Well, and that gives you an appreciation for the job that actors do, the repetitiveness that that full-time actors do, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it was it was a ton of fun. Um, I would love to do more stuff like that. That was it was incredible, and it was so cool to see the finished product. I mean, you think you have two days. Um, when I when we first pulled up, it was such, such a cool experience. They got a car for me, so like Ooh, you know, like sign with your I name did, on it, like a sign that says to, like <laughs> I didn't have to ride my bike there. Um, they came and picked me up, and then it's three thirty in the morning, and we're pulling up, and there's uh, two giant trailers and like eighteen U-Haul trucks and the craft table and whatever. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. They're filming a movie down here too. <laughs> it's all for me. It was all for oh me. Oh my god. And the same look that's on my face right now, just like my jaw open, like I was like, oh my god, I cannot believe this. Like the trailer said hero on it. And so oh. I got trailer. Oh my like, god. You know, I was like, this is like what is my life right now? This is so much. It was it was oh incredible. Oh my god. 
I would have been like Snapchatting the fuck out of that. <laughs> this is for me, and this is for me. <laughs> I had a I had a whole batch of uh, of like selfies and pictures from the inside that I couldn't do anything with until it actually. Came yeah, out, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh my god, but that's amazing. And I know that it's really important to you to to get the platform. And mm-hmm. I know a mantra, something that you always say is be the person that you needed when you were younger. Mm-hmm. And so what does that mean? So you needed a, a trans athlete when you were younger. What did you need when you were younger? Yeah, I probably did. I mean, we all want to see ourselves reflected in someone in a position of success or who's who's living the life that we want to live or, or just the life that we hope that we could live. And I think that um, when you are someone who doesn't see what the possibility is for yourself out there, it's really challenging to to move forward. Um, you know, it's that's why it's difficult for anybody to be the first. Think about running, for example, right? The four minute mile. So it was so challenging and so difficult and no one ever thought that it could be done. And then once it was done, how many people have surpassed the four minute mile since then? Some of the beer mileys have surpassed. <laughs> 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 yes, exactly. Now, how about the four minute beer mile? When's that gonna happen? <laughs> I know, well, seriously. And so, you know, to have that sort That's of, one of my goals. understanding and idea that it's actually possible is is a game changer for people. So that's what I want to do. Um, I didn't intend to do that when I first came out. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to come out and be this public figure. Anybody who knows me knows that I'm very much not overweight. Which I am a little bit, but I'm on the burger cusp. I'm a little. I've been okay, so a little more shy. A little more. more shy. Like I don't like the. I don't like the public attention. Um, you know, I don't like to be in the spotlight. And I found myself in this great position to actually use my voice and my platform to help other people. And so, I felt obligated to do that because I wish that I had somebody who I could have looked to. Like I'm, I'm very blessed. Like I'm in a position where my full time job is doing advocacy work, and I know that we'll talk about it later. And my, um, he's looking at the outline. He's like, like, I know what's on there. I know it's on the hard agenda. <laughs> um, you know, but I'm in a position where my job is actually talking about this stuff. I have an amazing wife and I have a supportive, you know, a support system in place. I'm not worried about losing friends or losing my employment or losing my housing because of the fact that I'm trans, because of the position of privilege that I assume right now. And so, you know, I think not a lot of people have that and and many people don't have the opportunity to to speak up or to speak out and so i want to make sure that i i use the tools that i have to try to help others so chris do you know do you know what's on jackie robinson's uh tombstone do you know who jackie robinson is oh my god are you just just asking that question do you know what's on his tombstone i don't know what's on his tombstone his tombstone is everybody well i'm familiar a lot of people know so you are absolutely a pioneer in this, in the athletic and the sports world right now. And he was as well. And his tombstone says, life is meaningless, but for the impact it has on others. Right? Mm -hmm. Because when you die, you're gone. The only thing that sticks around is the impact it has on others. And I'm thinking you are absolutely impacting a tremendous amount of people as a role model and athlete and, uh, transgender men, member of the community. And I, I really feel like you're not doing it for you. In fact, you, you keep talking, you know, it makes you feel a little uncomfortable doing it. It's a role that you've kind of assumed because you think that you can do a good job at it. 
<laughs> and you're in a good position and you are in a privileged position in order to do this. So yeah. I, I know that there's a whole generation of people that are really grateful for you that, mm-hmm. that you did make this hard decision to, to do that. And I mean, do, does it put a lot of pressure on you? Do you put a lot of pressure on yourself in that role? I definitely put a lot of pressure on myself, but I think I do in sort of everything. And I think if, if I'm being honest about it, it's probably a compensation for like when I was younger and I was just a weird kid and I, all I really wanted was the attention of my parents. You know, I wanted somebody to say good job. And so I became this little overachiever, you know, to try to be, um, to be good at every sport that I played, to be really good in school and any extracurricular activities. Because that was, that was the way that I fit in. That was the way I made friends. It was like, um, even if people thought that I was super weird, if I could help them win a basketball game, they're going to like They were like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They don't care. So, no, they don't care. And so, you know, that's where, like, that's why I think I'm so drawn to athletics is that sports is family. You know, like, your sports teams, your running community, your tri-club, like, that's all family. And people, those people typically show up and, and have my back um, both on and, like, in, inside and outside of practice or, or competition. And so I think that's where I've really you know, learned to, to draw my community from. And that's you know, driven me to kind of be that overachiever, put a lot of pressure on myself to, to do things not just for myself, but also for those around me. Uh, a true role model. <laughs> you know, see, been, see, but that's not like, that's not my perspective. on No, I, I 100% so, exactly. Yeah. I am a role model. And, I, and to be honest, I definitely live my life like I'm a role model. And I think that's super important for me to say. Uh, I learned very early on, don't do it, don't say it, don't write it if you don't want it on the front page of the New York Times, right? Well, I hope and, that's where this podcast ends up. <laughs> <laughs> and my sort of motto that I, that I try to live my life by is you are who you are when no one's looking. And I've always taught my, I used to work in higher education, so I taught all my college students that. And I, and I say that to people around me, of like, are you gonna be the person who picks up the garbage on the sidewalk when there's people around and they're watching and you're, they're going to think you're a good person or you're going to do it even when you're by yourself because you don't like garbage in the community, right? So I'm going to be that person who tries to make the best decision at all times whether people are watching me or not. And then also <laughs> with the internet and with social media, I feel like everybody's watching all the time. And oh, so, yeah. you know. One, yeah. one thing you say can be put all over the world That's in right. an instant. That's right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. That especially in, in the role that you're in, have you ever just like wanted to to disappear and not be a role model, like take on a new identity and just do all, <laughs> all the shit that normal people do? Um, yes, and so I think I, that was certainly a debate that I had before I came out publicly was uh, probably a you know six months to a year of therapy sessions talking through what would be the impact of this. And at that time, I was really more concerned about my impact at work, uh, the work job, the job that I was in. I was in for five years before I transitioned and I stayed for seven years after that. And so, um, it was, uh, it was, it was a challenge because they knew me as, as one, as one person. And then I was asking them to know me as another person and they were not all on board with that. Right. And so most of my thought process was about that and wanting to just pick up and go to another job and just be a regular dude and like not have to be the, the trans employee or the trans athlete and just be, you know, just live my life how I thought that I was intended to live it. But I think there's, 
um, such an amazing blessing within all of that to, to have the experience that I've had of um, you know, being raised and socialized as female and, and having all of the experiences that I had as a sort of androgynous person and a queer person and then also um, going through the experience of, of making the transition in New York City and, and what that looked like. I can only imagine that that's you know, all of that stress and all of that pressure is exacerbated by your being an athlete because in athletics, it's so binary. You're male or female and you have to fit into one of those categories. And if you're not competing as female, like, are you really a male? Like, are you really up for this challenge? And mm -hmm. I mean, you said it in, in the, the commercial in the video clip, you didn't know what was in store, but you had to do it anyways. And how how does athletics kind of like being in that environment affect your identity? Yeah, because you have to like when you sign up for a race, you just click that box, right? And for you, it's a it's a more complicated thing to do. Yeah, and for you know, for so many people, don't even think about it. Like that's not even it's just a it's as easy as typing their name, mm -hmm. right? But there are so many athletes out there who really pause at that question of. Maybe I don't fully identify as female. Do I still have to compete that way? Or if people identify as non-binary, which means ne you know, neither male or female, somewhere in the middle, um, both or neither, um, what do they select? And it's we're in a position where you have to choose something. And so I think for me, it's easier now. Now I just click male and it's not an issue. Um, but for a while, when I first started racing as female, but was presenting a little more masculinely and, and feeling um, like I didn't identify as female. That was the that was where the real problem was because I I wouldn't have been accepted to click male and female felt um, false. Yeah. And it, it really became a bigger issue when I started to do well in races because then I didn't want to talk about my success. I didn't want to say that I that I won my race, but I won in the female category. Mm -hmm. You know, so that was where uh, I think that intersection of me coming to understand my identity and also becoming better at triathlon was kind of a point at which I was like, I really have to do something about this because I can't continue to both be an athlete and try to live in this body because it feels wrong. Well, and that brings me to my next question. When I finished the... Uh turkey trot one totally <laughs> applicable to chris can totally relate to you i finish in 1678th place there's nobody at the finish line like can i get a blood sample or urine test like right like so i mean you know in in, in world championships like that's a that's a real thing especially in the sports that have uh you know hormone or steroid induced sort of victories. So how do you navigate that? You, you mentioned earlier in the FitCast that you take hormones. What's the rule on that? And how do you navigate how that works with you? Yeah, so I had to get a therapeutic use exemption, which is what trans men need to use, uh, need to get if they're taking testosterone. And so basically it was a process of uh, it was actually a couple of hoops to jump through, but now that I've done it once, it'll be easier for me. Um, it essentially says that my use of testosterone is medically necessary, and they monitor my use. Um, basically, I keep track of all of my shots and dosage and when when they happen, and my levels. I have to get checkups every once in a while to get the levels. 
Um, and I have to keep really good tabs on, um, you know, on my sort of medication. And then I can be tested at any time. So I'm in the testing pool. So if they decided tomorrow that they wanted to test me in the morning, they could come to my house and do it. Um, in and out of competition. And then um, I need no to- privacy. <laughs> pee in this cup. Um, I don't even know how they do it. I think that's how they do it, but- um, Either pee or blood. I think yeah. I prefer pee. Think so? <laughs> um, that's, that's interesting. Thank you for that information. <laughs> now that everybody knows I'd rather pee in a cup than get my blood drawn, because this is all about me right now. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, that, that therapeutic use exemption is good for uh, two years, and then I have to reapply. And I had to reapply from uh, the United... So there's the United States Anti-Doping Agency, and then there's the World Anti-Doping Agency. And so I had to get uh, secondary approval through the International Triathlon Union in order oh to do God. the World Championship. So yeah, it was a little bit of a, I mean, I would say it was a little bit of a hassle. It was 30 pages of doctor paper. Of course. And, uh, you know, they take a month to review it. So actually I wanted to do the World Championship race in 2014 and I did not get my approval until the night before the race. And so, and I didn't go to the sites of the race because I didn't think I'd be able to participate. So yeah, but I'm good now and, and I could be tested at any time. Jeez. So you like have a training log. You like put in all your workouts and yeah. I slam this fire ran and then you've got like your needle log. Needle log, <laughs> like your testosterone log. Like I shot up this much yep. tea. <laughs> Jesus, that's so much work. You have to be really organized to do that. Yeah, and you said, you said there's like different national and international stuff. I assume the Olympic Olympic Committee has their own rules too as well? Yeah, that's right. So um, the International Olympic Committee is really kind of thought of as, uh, here's the pun, wait for it, the gold standard. The gold standard. <laughs> the, the, the IOC is the gold standard policy for trans inclusion. And up until last year, uh, beginning of this year, it was actually a really bad policy for trans athletes. Um, in that policy, it required a one-year wait time, uh, sorry, a two-year wait time for transgender women to participate. Um, it required a full lower surgery. So regardless of the treatment, uh, it required that they have internal and, and internal and external lower surgery. Um, Which you I, already mentioned, that's not something that trans people do for a billion different reasons. Exactly. Like, it's not something that everybody does. Exactly. And so that's why when I made the national team last year and qualified for the world championships, I started to fight for that policy to be changed, uh, which I knew would then be an entire year of talking about what's in my pants, actually in the media, because that was the, the point of The monkey would have been perfect for that moment. <laughs> Such a missed opportunity. The monkey. <laughs> the monkey. Um, but uh, the IOC met and they all doctors and experts and they changed the policy in January to remove the surgery requirement for transgender athletes, which enabled me to participate in the world championship this year. Oh, yeah. Another groundbreaking event. <laughs> it's good. Groundbreaking pioneer. It's been a really good year. It has been a good a really year. Good you year. have had a really good year. Really good year. Oh, and you're on the, you're on the case. I'll confine fit cast. It's gotta be the, you're on the fit. I mean, oh, come really. on. This is the highlight. Really, <laughs> really good year. And forget the magazine. Forget the commercial. <laughs> Um, now you've had a lot of changes this year. You've been, you've been moving all around the place. Mm -hmm. Um, you started a new job, right? Yep. Tell me about this job. So I'm the vice president of program development and community relations at an organization called You Can Play. 
Wow. Which you will put a link in this podcast. I will absolutely <laughs> put a link. Talk it up. <laughs> so You Can Play is an organization. Our tagline is LGBTQ athletes, allies, teaming up for respect. And so we are an organization that works to fight against homophobia, biphobia, transphobia in sports. And we were founded... Wow. Uh, so why are you interested in that? <laughs> I don't like why it is this, it's actually... Why, why are you a good person for that job? Fit. Um, in 2013, I started a website called transathlete.com. And that, that website basically just came out of me not knowing the policies for my own, my own ability to play. And when I was doing web research, I, I wasn't finding them on sports organizations' websites. So I started to track them all. And now it's the, the largest collection of trans athlete policies and recommendations and resources for people who are looking to create a, a policy. So I think that work sort of led me into doing more advocacy work, which I've been doing for the last several years. An opportunity came up with You Can Play, which is an organization that I've worked with closely when I was executive director of Go Athletes, which was a national network of current and former LGBTQ student athletes working in colleges and universities. So this work is just such a perfect fit for what I'm, you know, obviously what I'm interested oh, yeah, in doing. Totally. I get to go around and talk uh, about inclusion and really focus on just, it's exactly what our name is. You know, if you can play, you can play. And if you're a good athlete, if you can shoot, if we want you on our team. It doesn't matter what your sexual orientation and or gender identity is. And so you know, we really focus on increasing people's um, uh, awareness and education around LGBTQ topics in sports. And then also talking about a lot about casual homophobia and just like how the language that we use is so incredibly important in creating safer spaces and, and more inclusive spaces. So I'm absolutely loving it. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't think of a better person to do that job. So I could imagine that you're loving it. We'll yeah. definitely link it up. Yes. We will definitely. Um, yay! Yay! Um, Fonz, do we have any fun questions for Chris? Uh, yeah. So there's been, there's been a lot of questions about pets and food involved. So, uh, Chris, uh, so we're done talking about athleticism and athletics and your racing and trans issues good i'm so talking about myself <laughs> yeah we're done with that we're done oh, no you're talking about yourself but the question would you would you rather spend a summer in texas or a winter in chicago uh winter in chicago oh just like that huh you, you, i signed yeah. up for that when he moved here absolutely you know what people have been like oh it's so awful here i can't wait for summer and I wake up every day and I'm like, look at how gorgeous this is. It is incredible. My, yeah, my, my place has a great view of Lake Michigan. And I think I've, I've had probably six six times a day I look out my window and I'm like, that is fucking beautiful. <laughs> oh, there you go. That was a quick and a very decisive answer. Yeah. If Austin had a flag that was even a quarter as cool as the Chicago flag. Oh! <laughs> That'd be fighting words. <laughs> Cities don't have flags. Chicago has a flag, and that's that's amazing. And I appreciate the Chicago flag. Austin does not have one, and our Texas flag is bleh. Chris, do you have any pets? I have three incredible rabbits. Oh my god, talk about your rabbits. Three rabbits. I found out about your rabbits. Wait, hold on. My cat is I in the room. My cat. My hold on. I did not stalk your rabbit. 
My cat is in the room right now, so if we talk about the rabbits, he might get a little too excited. <laughs> He's a murderer. But if anyhow. You, oh, wow. If you follow me on Instagram, you can sometimes see my rabbits in my um, story. What's your Instagram feed? Oh, my I Instagram never do feed this story. is the Chris Mosier. Spell Mosier oh, for people who can't spell Mosier. M-O-S-I-E-R. C-H-R-I-S-M-O-S-I-E-R. The Chris Mosier is your Instagram. Yep, my, it's my social everything, but um, on sure. Instagram you can sometimes see my rabbits. They are, uh, I think, an English spot breed, and we got the mom from the pet store because she was uh, dropped off by some woman, so it was like a free rabbit with the purchase of a cage. And I, I have no idea. <laughs> I, did not, I did not want a rabbit. I was not a fan of the rabbit. Um, we had the rabbit for, I think, maybe four days before, or maybe four days or a week before we heard scratching in the box. She had given birth to two baby rabbits. Oh my god! And they were so incredible. Three for the price of none. none. <laughs> Three for the price of a cage. And yeah, they're they're the most incredible little roommates. What um, are their names? So they are cow because she looks like a cow. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, Suji and and Dot or Deedle. You know how animals like always get names yeah you name them one thing and then it's like four nicknames and i don't even know what they know what i'm saying but they're free range they we don't explore the entire house they don't chew on things uh we bunny proof okay you feel like you can they're amazing bunny proof everything (laughs) that might be in the title hashtag bunny proofing everything yeah Yeah. oh my god that's incredible yeah so do they work out with you um, when I, sometimes they would come by me if I was planking in my old place. Oh yeah. Them. Um, but it seems like every animal loves to just crawl under a plank. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or on top of the plank, our cat would would definitely jump on my back. And Nico would like <laughs> find you as prey, like yeah. oh they're not paying attention. <laughs> if Harley if Harley jumped on my back, it'd be a much more difficult plank. Oh, he... Harley would just come next to you and then like have his tongue sticking out to the ground. He That's just. He just he just broke 132 pounds, so that'd be a tough addition to the plank. I weigh 132 pounds. <laughs> yeah, well, <I'm> <laughs> you weigh a Harley. I That's weigh, the unit. You're effect. one Harley. I weigh one Harley. <laughs> oh my god! Where else can we go? Like we can't even go anywhere else from here. We touched on the round foods, the bunny proofing, the Harley. This is amazing. measurements. Yeah. Um, you have any races coming up this winter? So, no races this winter. The first thing on my schedule right now is Escape from Alcatraz Triathlon. You're doing that one! Oh, oh God. God. You, may need to, you may need to gain some weight. The water's cold over there, I'm here. I'm told. Yeah, uh, three wetsuits. Yeah. <laughs> really? You're wearing three wet... Oh, my no, God. I'm like, don't tell me anything. <laughs> no. Um, but Jeez, I am, that's going to be so much fun. It's going to be fantastic. It's definitely a bucket list race. Uh, that's... Definitely the reason why I'm in the pool so much right now is I know the swim is um, legendary, to say the least. And I love the, all the positive reframing you yeah. do. <laughs> I would say the swim is hell. Chris says the swim is legendary. I'm also I'm also told I'm also told lifetime experience. The the San Francisco area um, is is hilly, I believe. Yeah, I think it's it should be a fun course. Yes. Have fun training for that in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, I know. I don't know where the hills are uh, here in the summer. I, I told you I'd find you some ones for the bike, so I'll I'll find you some ones for the bike. You just have to promise to. Stop. 
We'll go out there. We'll go out there. But everybody follow Chris on Facebook. Everybody follow Chris on Instagram. And everybody follow um, You Can Play because that shit's cool. Well, and, and email us if you have questions either for us or for Chris specifically. Email us at kselkfonsfitcast at gmail.com. Did I get that right, partner? You got it right for once. Uh, yeah, I know. I screwed that up a lot. But email us there. Or if you want to contact Chris, Chris, do you have an email address or do you just want him to contact you on Facebook or what? Yeah, through Instagram is probably the best way. Um, I will say that I don't. I try not to read the comments. I'll read comments on my Instagram and on my Facebook. Um, but one of my life rules is never read the comments. Yeah, there's haters on the internet. I hear, I hear people <laughs> I have trollers and shit. And there's lots of them. And, oh yeah. And my experience has been blessed because I have seen a lot of positive support from a lot of people, and even people that I wouldn't have expected it from. And I think that the positive messages have far outweighed the negative. But that's still, amazing. Those, those messages can still get under your skin a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, so the best course. way um, the best way to contact me would be through your email address or on Instagram. And I'm open to respectful questions. And so, you know, one of my things is that I'd rather have people, you know, respectfully ask something than make a mistake later on. And in a situation where it would be detrimental to the person that they're talking to. And so, you know, we can... We can uh, do a follow-up Q&A if you get a lot of questions, or I can answer them via email or what have you. We would love that. We would love that. And uh, just shoot us an email. And you know what? If we lose some listeners because they're offended, fuck them. We're gonna yes. gain a lot more. Is we're gonna gain a lot more in, in, listeners. I think, I think my know. mom is still gonna listen. So half of our listener base is still there. Oh, half, not the 95 percent. It's just that's ninety-five percent of our listener base is my mom. Yeah. What so is, yeah. Sure. Oh, mom doesn't care. Mom drops an F bomb on her. Fuck yeah, she does. <laughs> Fuck yeah, yeah, Mama Selk. You're getting tagged in this motherfucker. <laughs> yes, Terry Mel. Don't so, ask yeah. what's in my pants, mom. No. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no. Shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is out of hand fun. Shoot us an email, listeners, at kselkfonsfitcast at gmail.com. We'll be happy to answer them. If they're for us, if they're for Chris, we'll forward them on. He can answer them, and maybe we'll get him back on in a future episode. We love we love having the celebrities and world changers on our on our on our fitcast. This is a good segue into our favorite things segment. Yes, Chris, thank you for being on. So you're welcome to stick around if you want. Uh, we've got our favorite things segment. We also have um, uh, another segment after our mailbag, and we have some few questions. So if you if you want to chime in, fine. If you want to just peace out, we're happy with that. We really appreciate you being on. So thank you for being on. Thanks for having me. I'm gonna sit here, and I might even tell you my favorite thing. Whoa! All right, very cool. So, uh, Favorite Things is sponsored by WellFit Training. WellFit uh, Triathlon Training, where uh, my coach saw me there the other day, and he was like, Kristen, is it really you? Which means I need to go more often. Sorry, Sharon. <laughs> Sorry, Sharon. Uh, favorite Things, Kesalk, you want to do yours first, or should I? It's your call. You go first. Uh, this is super like timely or untimely and cliche. You know who my favorite, what, and who my favorite thing is? Aaron Rodgers. Oh my God. Absolutely. Did you see that crazy 60 yard pass he threw at the end of the game? I would hate to be a Bears fan because over the years, the Packers absolutely dominated over the Bears. And even in the close games, they get close and then 
Aaron Rodgers just throws a 60-yard pass. He just does it. He just does it, and then and then they kick a field goal and they win. So I know it's super lame, but Aaron Rodgers is my favorite thing this week. All right. I can't even argue with that. <laughs> How could you? Um, my favorite thing is stalking Chris Mosier. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Um, my favorite thing. Everybody's going to hate me after I say my favorite thing. Go for it. Oh, I was, I was Is it Jay Cutler? No! Ew, no. <laughs> Ew. My favorite thing, so I was just on my vacation to Miami. Oh. And I got a little summer. Haters gonna hate. So, my favorite thing is aloe. This aloe. is totally a hashtag humblebrag, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my life is so rough. I was in the sun so much. Good old aloe vera. Yeah, I need a little of that because of my new tattoo, which I will post on the on the uh, on the page yeah, as well. Looks good. It looks way better than I thought it was going to. Yeah, we did a little little bit, but yes, I love I love that Aaron Rodgers and aloe are in the same segment. And they both start <laughs> with the same letter. Yes, they do. Oh, fantastic! Uh, did you have a favorite thing there, Chris? Yeah. So my favorite thing uh, this week is um, paint. Just paint. Are you painting? I have been painting, and oh my god, I do! I see it. Um, But I'm gonna feel so much better about my life when my place is painted because it's just amazing boxes. Like nothing can actually get put away Mm -hmm. until it's all it's all done. And you're done. For the last many days, so paint is my favorite thing right now. Like it kind of has to be done. It has to be. Are you doing like every room in the place? Um, I'm so close to done. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm different so colors are like all one color. That looks like a gray. Everything all white. Everything all white. white. Okay. Because we're gonna do wallpaper. So next week. Oh boy. We're gonna do that fun temporary removable wallpaper and just go like really fun on that. Oh, fun! What kind of design? Don't know yet. Just yep. go with it. Round foods. I think you should. Round foods. Donuts and pizza. Donuts, pizza, and bunnies. Don't forget about pies. Don't forget about pies. And pies. Cake, cake. Ooh, cake. Cakes and pies all around. Cake isn't round, though, so that one's okay. Don't even cut them in pieces. I put the fork next to the cake. I'm not even kidding you. I just eat the entire cake. Once a year for my birthday, I get a cake. My, my wife makes me an eight-inch round cake, two layers. I just put the fork next to the cake and never cut a piece, and I eat it within 36 hours. Oh, my God. What flavor cake do you like? Funfetti. Funfetti! Wait, that's a flavor? What's the question? I asked if that's actually a flavor, Funfetti. Oh, yeah. Funfetti is like yellow cake with sprinkles inside, essentially. But sprinkles fun. are good. Fun sprinkles. Yeah. Sprinkles are good. That are definitely round shape. Look it up, man. Change all right. your life. All right, well, <laughs> it may, it may. Have you been fun? <laughs> all right, amazing. All right, should we move on to our mailbag this week? We have, we have a couple questions. We have a couple questions sponsored by Live Love Paddle, our mailbag segment. Um, I'm going to go first this time. You go first. And uh, this is from Jay from, it appears to be somewhere in Oklahoma. I don't know this town. Yeah, Broken Arrow. Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Fonz, I knew you are a leader of Project Austin. Are you affiliated with November Project, or do you plan to be affiliated with November Project? That's a really complicated question, but no, we are not affiliated with November Project. They know about us, and uh, we've been in existence for two years, but 
there is discussion about a plan to uh, to pledge to be a pledge group for November projects. So, Whoa, you guys are pledging? Isn't that like a complicated process? It is a super complicated process. We haven't started it yet. We're talking about it and we're coming up with our strategy. But yes, that that is part of the plan. To be a, an official tribe, one of the 30, whatever, 32, 33, I don't know exactly. There's uh, too many now. I lost <laughs> it's not that there's too many, but yes, we are going, we are, we, uh, we're working on that. So it's not going to happen in the next week or month or whatever, but uh, uh, yeah, that, that might be part of the plan. So thanks for the email. I look forward to updates on that fun. Yeah, we'll see. It's going to be uh, many months because I know how the process works, but uh yeah, that, that might be part of the plan. Austin is a, we're a very fit city, and uh, we got a lot of people, and our workouts are awesome. So we'll see what happens. Okay, I got an email, too. And this actually ties into Chris's Nike ad, because this is a Nike-related question. All right. Um, this is Mike S. He didn't say where he was from. Um, have you guys heard about Nike's goal to train world-class athletes to break the two-hour marathon? Oh. I have. Have you heard about that fun? I have not. So they're oh. specifically hiring people and trainers. Oh, no fun, Fetty. No two-hour marathon. But you have heard of Jackie Robinson. We know that one. <laughs> I have. He's got a... Jackie Robinson. He knows the Seinfeld clips. He knows the Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. He knows Seinfeld, and I don't. Um, so Mike S. wants us to weigh in on that. Do we think that they can train the runners to break the two-hour marathon? So what Nike's doing is they, like, hand-picked is it like three or four professional marathoners and half marathoners to break the two hour marathon. So they found guys that ran like sub um, one hour halves and like 205, 204 marathons. And they're training them, giving them gear and they're going to run the marathon in like very controlled conditions. I don't know. I think it's great. It's like a calculate. It's like so complex. It is. They're like using science. It's like a formula to create the perfect athlete. I think it's really cool. Um, I I have one one uh, comment to that. Well, yeah. Knock that bastard off. What do you mean? What bastard? Uh, so you have not seen the movie Four Minutes, have you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. About the mile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was oh, it. That's what he said about the... Yeah. Yes, that was actually uh, Sir Blah. What was his name? Chris, can you help me with this? Do you know this one? Have you seen this movie? Who's the guy who 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 summited Mount Everest for the first time? Sir Edmund. Sir Edmund Hillary. Hillary. Just before he summited Mount Everest, he said, "Let's knock that bastard off." That was his quote. And then just before, uh, who's the guy who broke the four-minute mile? The British dude. I don't remember his name. He said it was a rainy day. He said, let's knock that bastard off. I did not know it came from the Mount Everest thing. That was it. It came from Mount Everest, Sir Edmund Hillary, and then... Uh, so you think it's going to happen? You think the sub-two-hour marathon's going to happen? Of course it's going to happen. They're going to knock that yeah. bastard off like a bitch sometime. I don't know when, but... I think you're mixing your metaphors with yeah. your swear words. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I see. I think it's awesome, and I think that it's like really cool that we're at the point where we can like calculate this. But I will say one thing: kind of takes like the romance out of running. Like it, it p breaks it down to like all these numbers and all these like skills and, and goals. And I don't. Know, it's not romantic anymore, which is fine. Which is fine. But that's just what it does for me. It's like okay, running is no longer romanticized. 
<laughs> hey, these these controversies are all they're always going to be around. It's not about the sport; it's about the business. It's about the technology. Oh yeah, well that's. I mean, it is a great ad for Nike, but who? I mean, who else is going to do it? Exactly. There's another company that's actually really. There's another company. Yes. What, what other company? Also said Adidas or Under Armour. I can't remember which one. Well, I know they also Nike has. wanted to recruit a guy that was in a good position to break it, but he was already an Adidas athlete. So I bet it is Adidas that's trying to do it. And they said that they've been doing it for a year or so too. Whoa. Yeah, so now it's the race. Oh my gosh, it's like the the race to space. (laughs) Like the Russians. Oh my God. Is there a quote for that, Fonz? Uh, No, I don't have one. I don't have one here. (laughs) Oh God. Okay, that was a good mailbag. Yes, it's been an incredible interview, an incredible podcast all around. So, I I could not have been happier with the way things went. We had our we had our celebrity guest on, Chris. Thank you for being a part of it. Thanks for having me. Um, anything coming up, Fonz? Anything exciting for you? Well, in the winter time, uh, we have our three M here in Austin, so we'll have a a cheering session for everybody who wants to be part of the three M half marathon in January and the marathon in February. Isn't that weird to think about? Yeah, like, that's right. You're, I forgot that your marathon is in February. Yeah, we're opposite of the rest of you, so now that, that everything's firing up. Uh, hey, I'm doing a half in January. It's going to be really freaking cold, but I'm doing it. Which one where? Where are you doing half marathon? In Chicago. Oh, that's going to be cold. F3, F3 half marathon. I've spectated it the past two years, and I figure spectating has got to be way worse than actually running. Yeah, well, Exactly. Sign. Oh my God. So I'm gonna do it. I signed up, and then it'll be fun. I raced it in 2014, I think, and it was so it was cold. cold. The Gatorade froze. Oh my God! The just, Gatorade froze. It was just you grab a cup, and it was just. It was oh slush. God, no! So oh and man, so that's bad. I mean, when do you feel like such a badass? You know, after finishing a race like no, that. No, yeah, so, you don't. So cold on you the don't, I don't, like, I don't run when it's that cold. But I'm going to, apparently. <laughs> now I have to. I paid for it. That's kind of how I deal with it. Like, if you yeah, put but... money down on it, you got to do it. It'll be fun. They have oh, good swag, yeah. too. Oh, do they have good they swag? They always have good swag. Okay, good. good. I hope they have non-frozen Gatorade in the yeah. swag bags. <laughs> Um, but then I also signed up for the marathon in October. So now whoa, 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 whoa. Which October? Like Chicago Marathon? Yeah, Chicago Marathon in October, which they, is literally almost a year away. But, well, but have they accepted you? Yeah, they accepted me. Wow. They, they just sent out their exceptions. Ex, ex, what's the word I'm looking for? Acceptance letters. Acceptance letters. <laughs> <laughs> Acceptance. Well, Yep. <laughs> it's got my back. <laughs> Congratulations for being yeah, accepted. So, yeah, that, that's what's going on in my life. Good luck no, on yeah. Good good. luck on training that. I, I don't know how training for Olympic distance triathlons and then the marathon, is that going to work okay for you? It'll work out fine. I'm not worried about it at all. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, K-Salk, you know what? I think this is definitely our best FitCast ever, and I appreciate and they, our... They keep getting better. They do. They do. We just keep crushing it. Are we going to crush the next fucking one, too? Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah.